Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Holland. Thanks for listening. Right, let's find out what it's like being freelance for web developer Carson Schold. Having been at some of these bigger companies or working as a freelancer with some bigger companies, you really learn how the process of a project can work and what works and what doesn't. Trying to do that on your own without any of that knowledge or just what you read on online is really, really difficult. Regardless of the how fun or exciting the project itself is, you know that the client is going to be fantastic, and that's half the battle. If you find a good client, the work itself or the project itself kind of matters a little bit less to me anyway. Yes, there's Carson. A slightly different story, I think, in store for us this week, in that Carson is a freelance web developer and has been for many years, but he's also been full-time employed at the same time uh, and is only just now taking the leap into being full-time freelance. Uh, but I'm I'm also conscious that that is a trap that many people who listen to this follow, and I'm intrigued about what you learn from both being freelance and being in a full-time job and how you balance those Uh, it's something that many of us have done you know started off in a full-time job whilst freelancing on the side before you know gradually going into it but yeah for doing it for so long you know what's he taken from that so that's where we are remember links to what Carson is up to at beingfreelance.com while you're there check out all of the other episodes hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and also check us out on YouTube where I document my freelance week in a weekly vlog and yes also sign up for the newsletter where you get articles and and many more things besides sorry I feel slightly relaxed because recording this whenever I speak to the guys in North America uh, in the evening with a glass of wine <laughs> it's all it's all very civilized um so yeah let's find out what it's like being freelance for Carson Schold who is a freelance web developer hey Carson hey how you doing I'm good man whereabouts are you I'm in Toronto, Ontario, right downtown in Little Italy. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to hearing this. Tell us your story. How have you got to where you are today? I trace it back to high school, actually. Um, I did a communications course where um, I would finish most of my web and design projects really early. And it was eventually asked to design a faculty invite for some event by my teacher. And I thought, hey, yeah, cool, I'll, I'll do this. And I wasn't expecting much to come of it. I ended up getting a, a little box with a really cool looking pen in it as a payment um, about a week or two later. And I thought, hey, cool, I, I just got paid to design something. Why don't I keep doing this for a little while? Ended up doing that throughout university as well. Created like a, my portfolio site with the contact form. Um, had a few people reach out to me and actually say they had a budget for some projects, which I kept almost falling off my chair, <laughs> like seeing money coming in for a project uh, that I just wanted to do anyway. And I, yeah, I just kind of continued with that um, throughout some full-time jobs. I'd always have stuff on the side with either web or print projects um, to give me a little bit of spending money or some beer money. And it worked out uh, pretty well. So I love it. Um, so suddenly they've got budget and you're like, well, where's, what happened to all the pens? Where's all the... Uh... Exactly. <laughs> uh, so so you had full-time work, but you were but freelancing on the side. And how long did you do that for? Uh, up until about yesterday, actually, um, I was, uh, full-time, um, kind of on and off a few different jobs, um, through like a, a print agency and then advertising. And then at one point I quit to go freelance full-time, finally taking, uh, biting the bullet until I met somebody that owned his own company. And he kind of ended up offering me a job when he didn't really have one and I wasn't really looking, but it worked out great. Um, so yeah, for probably the last 10 years or so, I've been doing a little bit of freelance on the side, um, 
which is my longest standing job, I suppose. But uh, it's always been kind of a secondary thing until uh, yesterday. Yeah, I love that. I love the fact that genuinely this week is your first proper full-time week as, of being unemployed, as you described it, <laughs> before we start recording. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, good for you and good luck with it. But I'm intrigued. What I really want to hear... See, this, this is a balance then, because you've got a full-time job and then you're freelancing on the side. And yeah, I'm intrigued as to how you treaded that balance of like, it could be easy to overdo it to you know do a full day Absolutely. at work and then come home and suddenly you're doing a full night of work so how did you find that how did you get by oh it was exhausting for sure um i think uh when i was fresh out of university i, I was excited about this like so much of this code and so much of the stuff that was happening that uh, plus i liked having a little bit of extra money living downtown um i would literally be working for probably like 14 hours a day i, I would come home have dinner and then start on like a side project um, it got to the point where it was a little overwhelming. I didn't take on any freelance projects for probably two or three months for, or at least that, um, until I kind of figured out a better way to manage my schedule to the point where I would take on larger projects, but have them span uh, a lot wider timelines that would kind of give me the freedom of being able to do, you know, just a couple hours per night rather than trying to stay up until, you know, midnight or something like that, working on it. I would also try and reserve Sundays to never do any work at all. Make sure that was a day to just go out, you know, have fun and, you know, just be a, a 20 something kid in Toronto. Um, but it's something until, yeah, like I said, just the other day that I've been struggling with for a long time. How long did it take you to realize how to find those parameters? Uh, yeah, no, way too long. Um, I probably, uh, I went overboard for probably four years nonstop. Um, I was so excited about like tracking all my money coming in and, and I was really chasing the money. I was like, uh, I don't know why that was my, uh, my goal, but it was, and I loved it. And then as I realized I have no free time to hang out with friends, there was no like relationship on the horizon at the time. There was nothing like that. And then I'm like, well, hold on. I need a personal life. I really need to structure this in a better way. Um, and I think, well, now for sure, um, have figured that out in a better way and just kind of, like I said, taken some of those projects that don't have those tight deadlines and really been able to just enjoy myself and the, the freelance work that I do. Even within that, though, like knowing that you've you've got a um, not such a tight deadline, that must be quite tricky to to gauge that you know to think okay well i've only got two hours a night that's probably a week and and how the clients come around to that as well um that's that was a tricky part for sure uh i ended up getting kind of lucky and, and being hooked up with um, some agencies that would handle the entire client conversation and they were just looking for a developer like that's it. I would have a point uh, person at the company and I would work on whatever timeline we kind of set up, but they would build into it that, you know, I only had a certain amount of hours a week kind of thing. So it was something you have to be very, very upfront about. If you try and accept a project and then walk your way back and say, oh, but I'm not going to be able to work Thursday to Friday because I'm away or I'm not going to, you, you start picking and choosing when you can work. It's really going to um, complicate your relationship a little bit. Um, so yeah, I would just say be extremely, uh, forthcoming with, with that kind of information and what your availability really, really is. Was there a point earlier on when you, when people would presume you were working full time on their stuff? Yeah, I think right after university, when I was kind of doing those really, really long days, I had marketed myself as a freelancer 
it was kind of unwritten that it was full time, but it absolutely wasn't. Um, so I would get phone calls in the middle of the day while I'm at my actual job. I would get emails all the time asking for things coming up. And I didn't say I wasn't full time. I didn't say I was only working part time. So I was just kind of quietly lying to them, I guess you could say, um, which I don't think is the right way to do things at all. It wasn't fair to them. It wasn't fair to me. And it was really confusing to my boss that would see me stand up, run in another room, take a call all the time. He's like wondering if I'm getting another job offer or something like that. But it was not a good way to run um, a freelance kind of business at all. And something that I kind of ended up putting on my website right away after that saying, hey, I'm, I work full time. I think you saw that as well. I work full time, but uh, I take on cool side projects whenever they kind of fit for me. Yeah, because what I saw was it, it was totally upfront, and it was like I work full time at Shopify, I think, which also made me think. You know, if I was hiring you, I'm thinking, well, Shopify—that's a big name. It's uh, so actually, it's, it kind of adds a certain weight to you. Absolutely, um, I think I'm a little lucky in that sense that I've worked at a, a major advertising agency. I worked at a smaller UX agency, but the reputation it had was definitely national um, in Canada and now or I guess as until a couple days ago at Shopify like it certainly gave me a little bit more clout which was nice. How did those actual companies that you worked for feel about you freelancing on the side? Um, I've heard different things from different people Um, probably the the best way to look at it is they wanted the most amount of creativity and um, productive work out of me that they can get throughout a day which is not going to be a full eight hours because you have meetings and all that But if I'm spending my evenings using some of that creativity, using some of that uh, passion, they're not going to get as much out of me. So there's that one side where they're kind of frowning upon it a little bit in the sense that they don't want it to impact your day-to-day work. But then you talk to other people, um, especially internally, that are saying, absolutely, go for it. Like if you have that kind of passion, you want to work on things that aren't related to your day job, the learning possibilities are huge, the networking is huge, and you're going to be a happier developer. So you'll bring that back to the company with you. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that I guess you can learn from both things. You can learn from being within the company and learn from from the projects you do on the side and they feed into each other. Yeah, I think um, having been at some of these bigger companies or working as a freelancer with some bigger companies, you really learn how the process of a project can work and what works and what doesn't. Trying to do that on your own without any of that knowledge or just what you read on online is really, really difficult. So I've been really blessed in that regard as well. Yeah, so you have learned a lot about the process. What, project management, finance management, client management? All of the above, definitely the project side of things, just how to communicate as well. Um, I think I was awful at communicating. Uh, probably still could use a little bit of work on that, but um, it's something that you learn at the more clients you work with, which is great. So you just mentioned clients. Let's talk about those. Yeah. How did you go about finding your first freelance clients You know, when you were leaving uni? That was somehow I, I hit a gold mine on... Um, SEO in in Toronto. There were not many freelance developers, uh, web developers anyway. So I set up my site. I had some school work shown that I was really proud of, but it wasn't really related to anything that people would want. But I wanted to show it off anyway in a contact form. Um, Somehow, I'm probably maybe number two or three now, but if you look up like freelance um, web developer in Toronto, I would always pop up. And the community here is huge. The amount of people asking for work is just uh, outstanding. I, I actually just took my contact page off my website the other day because I was getting so many requests, I couldn't even respond to people. <laughs> so that took a while to build up to that point. But I was getting so much um, 
traffic just through like SEO that it, it was kind of, I just felt so lucky to be getting this kind of, uh, these kind of inquiries. Um, lately in the last probably two years, at least it's been, everything's been through word of mouth. Um, like I mentioned, I've worked at some pretty sweet companies and moreover, some very, very talented people that have some pretty big networks. So if they, uh, enjoyed working with me and they hear that, Oh, some person elsewhere needs a, a front end developer, my name comes up and I get a kind of a virtual, in, um, introduction, which has worked out really well as well. How did you know that it was time to quit properly and go full-time properly? Freelance, that is. Ooh, uh, I definitely don't know if that's the right time. Uh, <laughs> so my, my favorite thing um, that one of uh, the people I've worked with for a long time has said is that there is never going to be a right time. You're either going to jump, make the plunge, and it's going to work, or it's not, and you're going to go back. I felt lucky enough that I'm pretty sure I could find um, another full-time job if I started looking. But at the same time, I just needed to try something else. I needed to know if I could do this myself. I need to know if I can succeed or fail or grow with other friends that are kind of in their fun employment stage right now. And I really think I can. I don't exactly know what those next steps are going to be, but uh, it's having a little bit of um, financial freedom, been working for a long time now, and having a little bit of kind of like side ideas of of what things I might want to build. There's no perfect time, but this seemed as good as any. Uh, As to what you want to build, so as well as freelancing for other people, you have your own ideas of creating your own thing? Exactly, yeah. So I think I'll be doing a little bit of freelancing, um, not necessarily on the side as it used to be, but um, definitely less um, on the client side thing and more on the way of looking at ways to get recurring revenue. Um, A couple of the ideas, early ones that I have, are something around the educational uh, standpoint. There are tons of people out there now doing it already. But I think there's a few niches that I could kind of dig into a little bit. So you're still helping uh, people, but you're not doing it as a very like 100% service related thing, uh, which I think would be really cool. Um, and then similarly on the side, uh, I think you, you were asking about uh, side projects earlier. I kind of built this like fantasy hockey app uh, for myself maybe a year ago. And I was just looking at all the different ways you could um, look at the st- statistics and, and that kind of thing. So. It ended up working, I think. I I won my hockey pool, and I'm a big nerd like that, so I was excited about it. And my next thought was like, well, maybe I can make some money off of this. Maybe I could help other people with their fantasy sports. And so I could start building this out as like my own little mini product company. Um, So yeah, like there's there's a whole bunch of things that I kind of want to do, and I'm just uh, trying to narrow down what my options are at the time. Cool. It sounds like you got to the point where there simply weren't enough hours in the day if you were going to keep that Sunday free. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Exciting. We need to come back and talk to you in another year. <laughs> so it sounds like you made some smart financial moves, you know, as if as if perhaps you've been putting money away to, to create a buffer for, for when you went freelance. Like, have, have, has it always kind of been that way? In fact, you said you were chasing the money even. It doesn't sound like you had much time yeah, to I go think... out and enjoy it anyway. <laughs> no, I, I'm strange. I, I have a weird fascination with money. I think probably everyone does, even if they don't want to talk about it. But I don't spend it all that much. Um, I, I make maybe a few big purchases here and there, but I'm very frugal the rest of the time. Um, so like even coming out of university, I, I had some of this like money kind of stacked up. Uh, my parents helped me with the university itself. So that was a huge bonus as well. So I've always felt like I've had enough of a buffer that if I didn't work for a few months, it would be okay. And that just gives you some pretty awesome freedom too. Um, if you don't spend a lot of money, the, the more you make, the 
the bigger that buffer kind of gets and, and the more uh, of that uh, leap you can kind of take. Yeah. Now, you mentioned having such good SEO that you have too many requests, which is lovely. But <laughs> when you're getting that kind of contact, how do you how do you deal with that? Like, how do you sort out the jobs which might actually be worth taking an interest in? How do you even find time to respond? Very, very difficult question. Um, a lot of the time I will take the the way people communicate through the contact forms as a huge sign of how dedicated they are to the project. Um, if it's a very quick email, something like, hey, I have a project, call me. I'm usually not going to kind of follow up with the call. I, I'm not a phone guy. Um, but you know that if they don't even have enough time to pitch something to someone that's going to work on this for a few months, then they're either way in over their head or aren't. they don't take what you're going to help them with very seriously. Similarly, if they don't give you many details and they're very vague, it's just you can see some red flags early. Whereas some people will come in with, here's a list of my competitors. Um, here are some of the designs that I'm kind of looking for. The exact uh, scope of the project that I need your help with is this. Then you know, regardless of the how fun or exciting the project itself is, you know that the client is going to be fantastic. And that's half the battle. If you find a good client, the work itself or the project itself kind of matters a little bit less to me anyway. Yeah. Um, and how about getting that SEO? Was it purely the luck that there weren't many web developers in Toronto at that time? Or did you, you know, go out specifically, you know, targeting special things? Do do you regularly put out blog content, for example, things that we often hear about? Uh, yeah, I didn't look up like any SEO hacks or anything like that. I wasn't trying to like beat the system. I think I was a little lucky that there weren't a whole lot of feds promoting themselves um, in Toronto at the time. But at the same time, I was always really um, passionate about writing very semantic uh, markup, making sure you have like, you know, the proper H1s on the on the pages and, and that kind of thing, which at the time I didn't know was so heavily based on what your SEO ranking would be, but it worked out really well that way. And then uh, similarly, uh, you mentioned like the blog post. I haven't done it in a while, I have to admit, but uh, writing relatively consistent stuff would definitely help with that. Um, I've written everything from, you know, just my experiences about certain things to pretty detailed bug reports of, hey, this is why Firefox is broken with this feature, like heads up. Um, even to, at one point, I wrote uh, surprisingly my most popular article uh, on my website of how to get a discount on a telecom service here because everyone gets uh, charged too much <laughs> uh, to the point where the telecom company ended up shutting down the promotion because they couldn't figure out where it was coming from. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the more content definitely helps as well. Um, and couple that up with uh, some luck and I was laughing. Yeah. Okay. Now, what haven't we spoken about? It, I suppose one thing would be taking a break. Presumably, you're, you would have definitely taken uh, a holiday from your full-time work. How about from your side work? Yeah, I think shutting down is very, very important. Um, some people will take vacations with their phones and it's on. You still get notifications. I don't look at that as um, kind of time off at all. I like to have my phone off as much as possible, uh, go out into the woods or something like that. Um, vacations away from your full-time work is relatively easy. Um, you book those ahead of time. Freelance stuff, you kind of just ex you look at your schedule and say, hey, I don't have anything coming up. I'll just say no to the next few requests and make sure that I don't book anything between a certain um, few months or something like that. Because I think, especially if you're 
kind of burning the candle at both ends. You really do need that time off to recharge. You need that time off to actually get some sleep and take care of yourself um, and stop chasing that money or stop chasing that next project. And once you do that, you can kind of, you wait until you get that feeling. Um, If you have the benefit of getting those requests, you can kind of wait until you get that feeling of, oh, I really want to build something cool right now. And then you can look through um, those people that have reached out to you or the people that said, hey, let's talk later and say, hey, I'm ready. Let's do this. But if you don't take that time off, you're never going to get that kind of uh, reignited passion. Yeah. As you now embark on being full-time unemployed, as you put it, have you sort of set yourself some, I don't know, some rules or schedule or like how have you, have you consciously thought about it or, or are you just planning to figure out what happens? I've definitely thought about it. I've talked to a lot of people about this too. Um, I've heard from some people that are in this kind of unemployed or, or starting their own company thing saying you're going to f- lose track of time. You're going to lose track of what day it is. Like prepare for that. I was like, Oh, that's scary. Okay. Um, so I, I still have like, uh, I'm trying to go to the gym, um, on a relatively often basis. Uh, I want to actually like make proper meals a few times a day. So you're eating well, taking kind of taking care of yourself. So number one, I want to make sure that some sort of schedule is on the horizon, but I don't want to keep it too tight uh, or too uh, regimented. Um, I have way too many to-do lists going on right now. Everything from cleaning the house to building some furniture to, you know, looking for um, new project ideas and, and chatting with people. So I'm still definitely struggling with what that future schedule is going to look like, but it's something that I'm spending a lot of time um, trying to nail down. And you mentioned community as well. You know, you're leaving mm-hmm. having a, a bunch of workmates behind. Yeah, that's been probably the hardest part. Everyone always says the people is the biggest thing when you're leaving, and it's 100% true in this case as well. The good thing is I, I've played on a bunch of sports teams with some of these people, and as far as I know, the invite's still there to come back and join them. Um, I'll find out tonight when I have a volleyball game if they actually let me in. <laughs> um, but, just, but just like sticking close with some of those people um, and continuing to leverage their knowledge being at those bigger companies, you have almost unlimited talent pools to kind of access and, and just learn from. Um, once you step away from that, the, it gets a little further and a little harder way to do, but it's still something that, um, I, you know, you've built the relationships with and people are going to be absolutely willing to kind of help out and, and stay connected. Yeah. I just presume, of course, that when you're full-time at a place, you um, you go and you work in their office. But actually, I, I know loads of people who work for remote teams now. So was Shopify in a building you were all in there or did they have remote teams? Uh, there's definitely remote as well. Um, but there are, I don't even know how many cities there are now, but there are, I think, are four or five main um, cities with offices. Um, so everyone, even if you're working in one office, you're still kind of working remote in the sense that you have to talk online to a lot of the people in the company all the time. Um, there's definitely some people that work full-time remote. Um, I did that for about two years. I was living out in London, Ontario, and I loved it. It was great. Again, it's something that you, it really helps you build your communication, but it's something that not a lot of people know that if you work full-time, you don't have to be in the office every day. Mm. It, it's really, really good. Yeah. What? What were the keys then that you picked up to communicating remotely? Because that's certainly something that most freelancers have to do. Yeah, it's all about communication. If if you don't 
over communicate and make sure everyone is very aware of your presence, then you're going to get forgotten. Um, you're going to be forgotten, excuse me. Um, you're, you have to kind of make sure that everyone knows what you're working on. You have to be very clear about like prodding people to get information from them to make sure you have enough context to do your job and understand what the rest of the company is trying to do. But it's, it's, 100% about communication and the more you do the more you kind of stay um, really comfortable within that team regardless mm. of where you're actually working so many people who listen to this I mean there's lo- loads of listeners who I know are like full-time freelancers some for months some for for decades but then there are also those who just like you have been uh, like working a full-time job and then freelancing on the side there must have been a point that was like a wake up call to when you stepped back from doing, you know, basically two full time jobs. I wouldn't say there's anything that kind of slapped me in the face. Um, I would say that I would wake up a few times and have to go to my full time job. And all I could think about was the freelance project I was going to be working on that night or, you know, like what the next project was going to be. I was getting more excited about the potential work that I could be doing than the actual work I was doing at my full-time job. Not to say that it wasn't exciting. It just, for some reason, wasn't the thing that was driving what I really wanted to do. Um, That was probably the biggest one. I think the longer I did it, uh, the more I realized that the money wasn't really what I was chasing. It, It was more so that the projects that got me that cool money also happened to be the ones that I really, really enjoyed doing. And then once I got to be a little bit more picky about what projects I could take on, the creativity kind of just took over for sure. Yeah. Okay. Now I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself, make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What have you got for me? I once dressed up as a gladiator and I fought in front of the Colosseum in Rome. (laughs) I cut uh, an, about an eighth of an inch off my left index finger with a table saw a few weeks ago uh, while I was making a patio bench. And lastly, um, I'm applying to be on Survivor's Dream Team, which I'll spend about four or five months in Fiji next year. Survivor's Dream? Is that a TV show? Oh, yeah. Survivor. CBS is Survivor. It's still on. Were you just on holiday in, in Italy and you dressed as a gladiator? Was that right? Yeah, in a, in a kid's gladiator costume, I should uh, clarify. Right. I, I hope you were a kid at the time, not a full size. <laughs> no, I was about 20. I was 22, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're 22, dressed in a kid's gladiator costume. It's what the Romans would have wanted uh, when in Rome. Exactly. Was there a group of you? Was it a stag do or whatever you call them? That's true. I, I should have clarified. There were other people dressed the same as me from my group. We weren't just fighting random people. <laughs> okay, that, that might be true. Table. You were making a patio what? Bench? Yeah, a patio bench for my front porch. And you cut how much off your finger? Uh, only about an eighth of an inch. So like barely even noticeable, but enough that it, uh, it hurt quite a bit. Did you have to go to hospital? I did. They said I didn't need to. I didn't need stitches. Survivor's dream team. What's the application process like for that? Like, so you don't know that you'll be on it yet? So as a Canadian, I can't be on the show itself. Um, but the dream team or the people that kind of go and help build up the sets and they get to run the challenges uh, ahead of time and just be like laborers on the show. Um, so the application process is making a video of whatever you want to say why you'd be really good at kind of being one of the members on that team. Oh, okay. I didn't know this. I've never seen the show. So... So you wouldn't be on TV. You basically get... You'd see my ankles and maybe my wrists or something like that, but just, just during the, the demos of what the uh, project or what the 
competitions are. Well, we might know it's your your hand from the bit missing on the finger. Okay, which one of these? I have. Do you know this doesn't often happen? I have absolutely no idea. They are. Right. St- I spent all day. They working are on these. so kind of like disconnected. Um, I've 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 no idea. I've the, the table saw one is is the lie. You're right. I have all my fingertips. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking, if you cut your fingertip off, they would still need to do something with it, right? Surely, surely, if you went to the hospital, they were, okay, good. But more importantly, you really did dress as a gladiator outside the Colosseum. Yeah, and they have a bunch of those people that are, uh, they actually dress up as gladiators. They work there, they're kind of like street performers. And they did not like us at all because we were taking away from their tip money, I guess. Um, <laughs> so we almost got in like an actual fight with them until we had to kind of like just quiet down and, and stop and go to the other side. Oh, that would have been good. Okay, now I normally say if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? I would say... Don't get fooled with the security of a nine to five job. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. And like I mentioned, you can learn a lot from that, but you can kind of also sink into that level of comfort where you don't really want to go. Um, on top of that, I think the other thing would be that everyone is figuring this stuff out just like you know you or I are or am right now. Even the experts that have been doing this for a long time still sometimes don't know what they're doing. Um, so don't feel as intimidated as most people usually start out as. Yeah, that's nice. As ever, at beingfreelance.com, you find links to all of our guests and what they are up to. You can go and say hi. You can check out their work and uh, and follow their story. And, of course, find loads of other guests. Check out my vlog. Sign up to a newsletter. Articles on there as well at beingfreelance.com. Um, but, yeah, link right there right now so that you can find Carson online. Carson, um, thank you so much. And... All the best being freelance. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. 